Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you doing, Simon? Very well. There's no Anne. There's no Anne. I thought, I thought you know, we should be back for two weeks running. Do you think that maybe, <laughs> maybe she was thinking about it? You know, she's quite into the whole having a baby thing, but maybe she could have palmed that off on her partner and um, and just returned to the show full time. But we weren't up to scratch last week, so she's... Uh, yeah, she's made a call. I, I mean, I don't see how this having a baby stuff is a legitimate excuse. We've both had babies, mm-hmm. and we're still here. We are, we are. And also, um, Anne was out with the uh, mother of my child yesterday, so she's obviously fine. The baby's not arrived yet, so why isn't she here? One of mine was born during uh, a time that we were scheduled to record, so, you know, <laughs> I found out afterwards what what uh, what, what what sex it was. Quite right, Simon. Good priorities. How's your week been? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I was thinking as I was walking up to the shed, I was thinking, what? Like, was it developed this week or was that last week? And, and it was, yeah, it was the week before last, wasn't it? So, mm. um, yeah, it's a reasonably busy week. Uh, we're quite close to signing two games. That's um, exciting. It is exciting. Um but it's really slowed up, so everything's dragging at the moment. We're in that really awful, really boring contract stage where you have to think about what's the worst that someone could do, and then if they <laughs> did that. And it's really at odds with the spirit of the agreement that you're entering into, which is all full of optimism and hope, and you love the games, etc. Yeah, but what if you did this? Mm. What if you not, did that? I'm not thing? saying you're going to do this. But what if you did? Exactly. It's just a thought experiment. It's not a judgment on you. It's just, what's the worst you could do if you were the worst person? You're probably yeah. not, but you could yeah. be, because the yeah. worst people yeah. pretend to be the best people. That's how they get away with it. So what, what if you were the worst person? Indeed. So, yeah. But hopefully hopefully that's going to be resolved this week, and then we'll sign two games, and then, you know, the real stress can start, can't it? <laughs> when are you going to be able to talk about them on the show? Uh, hopefully quite soon. I'm quite keen because uh, this is my third month at Yogscast, and so I'm quite keen to be able to sort of start talking about some stuff that we're doing. So, um, blah, 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 blah. yeah, I don't know. Hopefully before Christmas. Assuming the people aren't the worst people. I mean, just imagine if they went and did that, though. <laughs> I do. I can't sleep at night because of it. Well, exactly. Uh, how are things with you? What have you, what have you been doing at work, Steve? I've been doing 
an enormous amount of ridiculous things. It's been a very, very intense uh, few weeks like you. I, I was genuinely thinking, oh, maybe I can tell that Charles Cecil story about how he hugged me with COVID. But uh, apparently I did that on the show last week. So, yeah, yeah and uh, I, I was surprised to find out that the weekend has just happened because I've been working really, really hard. Uh, I did do a talk at Nordic Game on Friday, and we'll talk a bit about that later in the show. Okay. Uh, I won't ask fun. you about it now then. No, <laughs> well, it's a bad thing to say. So I did this, but let's not yeah. talk about it until, <laughs> until later. Um, but yeah, I'm not having a bad time. It's been nice. I slightly so well. So we should um, we should address the couple of things that are obviously outstanding. Obviously, Anne's not not here. It was great having her on the show last mm-hmm. week. Um, we're not currently moving uh, podcast hosts, not just yet. Um, I had a meeting about it. Actually, I should I should probably bring you up to speed. On yeah, it. fill me in. Fill me. I in. will do. Yeah, with our. Um, uh, our new podcast producer. It's uh, yeah. It sounds really exciting. What's going to be happening? Uh, and um, yeah, promise of how they're going to market the show. Okay. Uh, how they do they have a demographic it. in mind? They're going to promote it. Yeah, old men. They're going to. Um, <laughs> they're going to promote it across social. They're going to do mm-hmm. some gifts. Do you remember when we wrote our second book and our publisher sat us down and said, uh, "Yeah, we're going to get loads of dump bins in Woolworths." Yeah. <laughs> I mean. That dates it, doesn't does it? it? And also, it does. And also shows also shows the the level of our aspirations as well. Yes. Dumpins, um, us. <laughs> be still my beating heart. Um, no, but it does sound exciting, actually. Uh, okay. uh, but yeah, I think we're probably going to do it. So, uh, yeah, probably be the start start of the new year. Uh, hopefully, won't be too much of interruptions in service. And actually, I think it could be a real benefit to our podcast listeners. Yeah, we might have to start trying. I saw wow, actually that's this my worry. Week, this week, um, Spotify apparently have stopped display, have stopped updating our podcast. So maybe they heard, maybe they're <laughs> right. We will still be available on Spotify and other podcast providers. Uh, you just might have to change your feed uh, for a moment. Is that right, Simon? I don't know, Steve. I don't know. Uh, we'll yeah, I'm really, I'm really. Towers. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am. I really am quite unclear about what exactly is going to happen, but it does sound exciting. We're going to have the... house. Ad- we're going to have house ads in other podcasts. Have you had? Um, Imagine have you had that. The, have you had the discussion with them about what's the worst thing they could do to us? What's the worst thing we could <laughs> yeah, exactly. do to them? I'm not saying you're going to do that, but what is the worst? Yeah, do you house ads are exciting ads? though. Yeah, yeah that's you... exciting. I remember you... those from Edge. Yeah, and from like... Edge. Yeah, I used to do them on the one. Right. Uh, uh, and that's when you do an advert for your own stuff that goes in uh, other media that are part of the same family. And um, so, yeah, we, we know where it's going to be placed. Well, do you know, it, it all sounds really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, this is outside of our of our home, Resonance FM, uh, which is you know obviously our primary format. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you you know if you're not cool enough to listen to it as it goes out live, uh, you get it by yeah. The technology sounds really clever. Um, if you download old episodes. Uh, it will, um, uh, it will, it will drop these house ads into into sort of different parts as that file's generated. Wow. Yeah. But what I was thinking is, uh, if we're doing house ads, because I know that when Edge was placing house ads in other magazines, we used to slightly tailor it for uh, the venue, and sometimes people tailored their house ads to go in Edge as well, making fun of Edge. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to be able to do that for our stablemates? 
I'm almost certain. My biggest worry is that we might have to do some um, promo shots. (laughs) (laughs) Who are those old men? (laughs) What? I hope so. That's going to be fun. I might be... It's the other thing that happened this week. Actually, now it's all coming back to me. Mm -hmm. I might be doing some some live streaming with the Yogscast guys. Stop it. Yeah. And I I said to them, I was like, "Mm, I do have a face for radio. Uh, which is why we do it. So yeah, I might be doing that uh, next month. Wow, what an empire we are building! I've become an influencer, Steve. <laughs> Finally, after sixteen years or whatever it is. Yeah. Right, we are a video game radio show, uh, sort of, and we are going to be doing the news section in just a few moments. After that, we'll have the letters, and then later on we will have to review Simon, warning in advance I haven't played anything again this week although I do have some games to talk about, so I think we'll get through it Have you played anything? I have played something Okay, thank goodness. Fantastic Um, Let's not talk about that now No, let's not. Have you picked out any news stories? I have, Steve Okay, good. So have I So uh, we should be fine in this The News All right, Simon, you start. Okay, this is from VideoGamesChronicle.com, posted on the 4th of November, so three days ago from when we're recording. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is officially the series' best-selling entry ever. In its latest financial results published on Thursday, Nintendo confirmed that the Switch Racer had sold a further 3.34 million units during the six months ended September the 30th, 2021. That means Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has now sold. I'm just going to drop this because I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask you in a second. Uh, lots since it released in April 2017, surpassing Mario Kart Wii's previous franchise record of something lower. Um, <laughs> so, Steve, how many do you think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has sold since launch in 2017? So it did three million in the last year, was it? Uh, six months. Three million in the last six months. I don't know. Let's say thirty million. M- m- more? Okay, not bad. I mean, you're out by twenty over twenty percent. Um, thirty-eight point seven four million. The best-selling Mario Kart. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, uh, I was going to ask you, could you rank them critically? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll talk about how they did commercially. Oh, okay. Okay, so so do we think that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the best one? I think, rose-tinted spectacles removed, yes it is. I agree. I was playing it uh, on Saturday morning with my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. We had a fine old time. In one race, she came sixth. Mm. Oh, congratulations! That was that's her best performance because you said it she came best, yeah. s- uh, seventh yeah. last time, right? That's good. We made a little me for her. Oh, excellent! She's uh, she's becoming a gamer. Oh, is that excellent? Yes, I think it is. Keeping it in the family, right? So the other ones are uh, obviously Mario Kart Seven, uh, Mario Kart Wii, Mario Kart sixty four, Mario Kart DS. Where would you rank those? 
Well, um, I was going to say, I seem to remember not enjoying Mario Kart on Wii very much. Uh, and I'm not sure I played Mario Kart 7, but I'm led to believe Mario Kart 7 is very similar to Mario Kart 8. Uh, is that right? I mean, the number uh, is different. Well, exactly. Um, that was the 3DS one, which I played. Uh, what, but 7 was the 3DS one? Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. I thought 7 was the Wii U one. Oh, it's Mario Kart 8 on Wii U. And then... Yes, I think ah, so. Yeah, that's yeah. where I'm getting confused. Uh, so... That's not even in the top five. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. So the best version of the game that sold the most on Switch isn't even on the top five Mario Karts. So I think I enjoyed the 3DS version a lot. Okay. Um, so I think I think that might be my second favourite of them. Mario Kart 64, um, I am led to believe people love... But unfortunately, the N64 fell while I was at university and I didn't really play that game. So I don't have a proper critical opinion on it. Uh, the SNES version, Super Nintendo version, like, is a seminal title, right? It's super, super important and is the game that every single kart racer followed and tried to imitate. So it doesn't I would say even that, feature in the top five. Well, I would say that it's critically very, very important, but it's, you know, in a qualitative level, it's not as good a game as. Uh, as any of the others that you've mentioned. I'm going to run down the chart for you then, Steve. Uh, yeah. Top best-selling Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, uh, mm-hmm. 38.74 million. Number two, Mario Kart Wii, 37.38 million. Okay. Three, Mario Kart DS, 23.6. Then Mario Kart 7 uh, on the 3DS, 18.95. And finally, Mario Kart 64, 10 million. There's quite a drop-off, isn't there? And like, like we say, no SNES. Hmm. But that's that's probably what I would have guessed, uh, knowing that this one is the most important. I would have guessed the Wii is second, just because there were so many Wii consoles sold, and it's such a famous thing that I can imagine it being a lot of people's Christmas presents or whatever for that machine. But we, I wouldn't have had a clue. Can we all agree now? Then can we just all stop buying it now so that they make another one? <laughs> it is. T- well, wasn't there that rumor a few months ago that they were adding? They were they were editing the code so they could drop more stuff. Yeah, that was on one life left. It was, yeah. Didn't happen though. Didn't did happen. it? All right. Uh, here's a piece of news from uh, from Hollywood. Neil Druckmann has wrapped up filming on the Last of Us TV show. Excited to return to Naughty Dog and some warmer weather. Uh, Naughty Dog's Neil Neil Druckmann tweeted earlier today alas my time in canada which isn't hollywood has come to an end uh, to the best tv crew in the world thank you for your incredible work your passion and for making me feel so welcome i will miss you terribly so uh this is a famously <laughs> i want to call it famously good game last of us which i have some critical problems with uh has been made into a tv show are you excited about this simon i am not mm I am to the point that I think it's great that the game has finally found its appropriate home, i.e. a medium in which the consumer of that medium cannot change the outcome of the uh, story (laughs) being told and just gets to sit there and watch stuff happen, Um, which is uh, (laughs) my catty feeling about the game, which to me is just sneaky, sneaky, crouch, crouch, kill a zombie and then watch a bit of a movie. Almost like it was made for TV. Mm. Uh, and that's where it's gone. Uh, I imagine it'll do quite well, though, won't it? What's it on? Did well, you say on, it's on HBO? H- HBO. 
Feels like a Netflix thing, doesn't it? It's not. That means that we'll be watching it on Sky over here. Yeah, there's loads of video game stuff going on at the moment, isn't there? Um, which, yeah, I mean, I'm not not excited because I dislike it, which I do. Which is <laughs> that I'm not, I'm not not excited because I just don't have time, don't we? So yeah, we don't have time to do anything even more. How are we going to find more time for more things? Um, but yeah, I'm sure the fans of The Last of Us will love it. Mm, and that doesn't include us. <laughs> I think, for you know, it's good that this isn't our first show. We really need to, like, when we move yeah. to this, do we really want to position ourselves as... No. No. Let's Just get some new hosts. More positive, shall we? Faces for, faces for promo shops. Yeah. yeah. All right, next uh, story. Well, see what you can make of this one then from the 2nd of November on VideoGamesChronicle.com. Microsoft has detailed its vision for the metaverse, including plans to create 3D gaming applications for Xbox. During Microsoft's Ignite 2021 conference on Tuesday, CEO Satya Nadella said the company intends to bring the digital and physical worlds together with a new series of applications incorporating virtual environments. When we talk about the metaverse, we're describing it in both a new platform and a new application type, similar to how we talked about the web and websites in the early 90s, Nadella said during his keynote speech. In a sense, the metaverse enables us to embed computing into the real world and to embed the real world into computing, bringing (laughs) real presence to any digital space. For years now, we've talked about creating this digital representation of the world, but now we actually have the opportunity to go into that world and participate in it. What's most important is that we're able to bring our humanity with us and choose how much we want to experience this world and who we want to interact with. Finally, I can't overstate how much of a breakthrough this is. It's no longer just looking at a camera view of a factory floor. You can be on the floor. (laughs) It's no longer just video conferencing with colleagues. You can be with them in the same room. It's no longer playing. It's no longer just playing a game with friends. You can be in the game with them, he said. Imagine how he's going to feel when he discovers second life. Exactly. (laughs) What? Um, I mean, it's amazing all this stuff that you're going to be able to do, isn't it? I mean, you know, we might we we may have played games together, Steve, but we'll be in those games in the metaverse. <laughs> we will be we will be in them, and they will be in us. Oh my goodness, that was a lot of words, wasn't it, from Satya? And none uh, of which made any sense, did they? Do you think he's seen Ready Player One and he's got a bit excited? <laughs> Oh no! Do you think he was just talking about the future for the investors? Mm, oh, that sounds was. good. That sounds good. Uh, here's some more. Here's, let's buy some more shares. Yeah. Well, um, Zuckerberg's chasing it, and it's no surprise for <laughs> Microsoft feel like they have to respond to this. Uh, I did. We talk about. We talked about it, uh, the Facebook announcement, didn't we? Last we week? did, yes. Uh, but yeah, so, but just to that point, though, like his visions of the future are literally mm. artifacts of the past. I don't understand. I don't yeah, understand it, what has changed. What what am I missing, Steve? I am not sure you're missing anything. Um, <laughs> it's come to something when two old men are trying to explain the future to. <laughs> Uh, to a man who you would assume is employing much younger visionaries than we are. Uh, But this is certainly not. However, I saw their big, or maybe I only saw this through the lens of people snarking on Twitter, uh, but apparently they were announcing that they're doing a metaverse version of Excel or something. That was their... 
you can be in the cells. <laughs> yeah, you can. Imagine moving from one cell to the other and then summing all of your friends up. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I was pulling together. I, I was writing um, an Excel document a f- uh, couple of months ago, and I used, for the first time, a VLOOKUP table. I can't remember if I told you this, Steve. I would hope I haven't, because I'm already <laughs> boring myself. Imagine imagine what I would have done if, if this is the second time I've told that story. But if we were doing Excel in the metaverse, imagine just looking up instead of using a lookup table. Wow, that would be incredible. Um All right, I've got a news story for you. It's not really a news story. It's more something that happened that the internet got excited about. Headline is, here are the five class types you can play as in Elden Ring. This is from Eurogamer. It's by Vicky Blake. It goes on to explain um, the five player types, uh, the five tarnished player types, from which we'll be able to choose, which are Warrior, Enchanted Knight, Prophet, Champion, and Bloody Wolf. Now, Simon, what do you know about Elden Ring? I know that everybody's excited about it. <laughs> Have you watched the trailer? I didn't. No. Do you know anything about it apart from that? No. 45 minutes long, this trailer, so I haven't seen it yet. I'm just going to skip through and explain what I see. So, uh, Palette, I would describe as um, Dark Soulsian, like mm-hmm. kind of grimy brown and green. Uh, there's a dude with a sword. He's hitting skeletons. There's okay. what seems to be pools of blood everywhere. He's, you know, uh, have you played Souls-like games or actual Souls games? Yeah, we. So we played. Um, what was the first one on GameCube that David raved about before it was fashionable too? Oh, um, was it the one that's it, been remastered? Yes, I think it might be. What's that? Yeah. Anyway, we Demon were we Souls. were playing Demon Souls. That's what we played first of all, because David McCarthy, uh-huh. friend and uh, colleague on the Edge uh, magazine, at uh, the Edge, Edge <laughs> magazine. <laughs> I call it the Edge. It'll annoy yeah. them, and it doesn't matter to me anymore. Okay. Um, we played that, and then I yeah, I've 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 bounced off Dark Souls one and two mm. many times. Most recently on the Switch. Uh, which I believe uh, you have my copy of. I do have it. I do. You kindly um, loaned it to me, saying you were you were never going to play it again. And uh, I took it off you and said, I don't think I'll ever play this, and I have not played it. Excellent, thank you. You're the custodian of the cartridge. Yep. So I'm. I'm. But you know, those games have that kind of third person heavy combat where you press a button and the guy really goes into it and then there's kind of a punchy like slash of the sword and you've missed or hit and then you have to roll out of the way or what it's got that kind of uh that kind of weighty feel from what i'm looking at right now it looks to all intents and purposes like a game that you are going to buy not play and then give to me <laughs> Excellent. There's your there's your gl- there's your, your glimpse of the future, Microsoft. <laughs> All right, next news story. Uh videogameschronicle.com wrote on the 2nd of November, uh, Chris Scully wrote that one of the key members of a Switch hacking group that sold mod chips has played pled guilty to criminal charges. Gary Bowser, a member of a group of hack- hackers called Team Executor uh, was arrested in September the 2020 and appeared in court last month, along with other members. Max Luran, with a third member, Yuan 
Chen still at large, one in Chen. I've almost certainly uh, mispronounced their names. Apologies. Bowser and Loran were charged with 11 felony counts, including wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. If found guilty, the pair faced long prison sentences with those two charges alone punishable by up to 20 years in, pres- in prison. So instead of facing trial, Bowser has pled guilty to two counts, trafficking in circumvention... What's the matter with me this evening? Trafficking in circumvention devices and conspiracy to circumvent technological measures and to traffic in circumvention devices and offered to pay Nintendo 4.5 million as well as help them to find other members of the team. Wow. I mean, I'd say that, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'll pay you loads. I will, no, I will. Yeah, no, yeah, I will. What number do you need? And who do you need me to find? I'll find them all. No, um, yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room here, Bowser. Yeah, that was always. I mean, he was a he was a a, a game website writer's dream. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wasn't there another Bowser? Wasn't Doug Bowser at Nintendo? Yeah, he was the good one. Right. <laughs> so there's two Bowsers. <laughs> Three, if you count Bowser, <laughs> which, which I do. <laughs> uh, All right, that's that's um, interesting. And mm. um, yeah, I, well, truthfully, I genuinely didn't know there was a way of hacking switches. Is this like the uh, like the olden times where you'd take your switch to a dodgy market in Camden and you you'd pay a bloke fifteen quid and he'd promise you the earth and it's not what you'd get. Uh, what, Sounds what is like this? you've been burned before, Steve. <laughs> is it? I once I once drove my original Xbox to a man in Acton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and paid him maybe a hundred pounds to uh, to mod it, so I could put some karaoke software on there. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, so this presumably allows you to play ROMs downloaded from the internet, and yeah, uh, and so Nintendo are going straight for the source here. These are the guys who manufactured them and distributed them. Is that right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I don't know anything about it. My understanding is from when when I stumble across it on the internet, not that I go looking for it, which I don't. Um, is that the switch um, hacking scene is uh, is is difficult and requires physical devices mm-hmm. like to short circuit things and I mean, you have to plug bits in and then mm. when you turn them off, I think you have to do the process all over again. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't think it's as simple as what we saw on the. Um, on the DS with the sort of cartridges that you plug in. I think this is quite a car- I mean, although I don't know. Don't know. So. All right. Uh, do you have any more news stories? I've got a couple more, um, which I thought, well, uh, the first one was that Roblox has apologised, quite right. Um, and the second one was... Did they apologise to the guys from The Sun who did the live blog? <laughs> I don't think that they did, no. Um uh no they've left uh, those guys out <laughs> who must be the most relieved i would imagine okay. uh th- so the question i was going to ask you uh from this news story is that um so the big release next week is forza horizon 5 okay i'm not sure if you've seen the re- the reception that it's got across the press and with all the influencers mm-hmm. um what what unusual thing has happened to Forza Horizon 5 this week, given is that it, the game is out next week? Is it that 800,000 people are it playing is. it? <laughs> it is. It is. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 800,000 uh, people are playing a game that's not out yet. 
yeah, that obviously I thought it was crazy too because that was going to be my extra news yeah, story as well. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So this is all. What is all this like pre-release sort of? You can buy it now and play one level of it, or no? These are the people that have bought the deluxe edition, right? Um, so that will be on uh, PC and Xbox. So it's across uh, both those. But that's you know that will be no Game Pass. Well, sorry, it will be some Game Pass players who will have spent money on it. But the game's launching into Game Pass. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, w- you would have to imagine that the vast majority of players uh, within Game Pass would wait a few days rather than spend £85 or yeah. $100 uh, to play it. But um, so, yeah, these are people that have bought it. And that, yeah, we're happy to spend that money playing it a few days early. Phenomenal. Um, are you going to play it? You've got Game Pass, yes. haven't you? Yes. yes. Yeah. What, what is I've it? What is it about? What is what about this game appeals to you? Because isn't it just driving cars again? Yeah, in Mexico this time, Steve. Oh, Thanks somewhere. Yeah, I, so, one of the best places in the world to drive. Right. Okay. <laughs> now I want to play it too. No, well, it's you know, it's going to be a graphical show showcase. Playground are very good at driving games. There is absolutely no way that I will play it for longer than three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, the opportunity to dip in and download because it's part of Game Pass is very much welcome. So I will be doing that on Tuesday. Fantastic. All right, is that all of the news? That's all the news. Thank you, Simon. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry. are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also a podcast. You can find that at www.onelifeleft.com. That will not change in the new year. Uh, you can see our show notes there. Our show notes are written by our undercaretaker, Phil. And there you'll be able to find a brief description of the show and also the name of the pieces of music that Simon, for the third week in a row, has hey. picked out for uh, this week's show. But I'm going to be doing the next three, aren't I, Simon? I believe you are, yes. It's my birthday later this month and I expect to um, 
be celebrating over the weekend so who knows I might be a little more loose lipped <laughs> over the coming shows <laughs> let's see expect let's see. some uh, Yogg's cast announcements well that is, and funny enough I was wondering like, if we do suddenly become even more popular mm-hmm. um are there things you've said in previous shows that you are, have been grateful that uh, we haven't uh, that we've done out of the spotlight previously? I, Sixteen years of show, Simon. Yeah, absolutely. Like a hundred. What's the worst thing that somebody could find out if they went through the archives? <laughs> uh, I think they could find out everything because we have to fill an hour every week, and I don't know about you, Simon, but not a lot happens to me. So pretty much everything that I have done or thought has been documented via One Life Left uh, over the last, you know, which is a nice legacy. It's nice to the researchers in the future who'll be trying to unpick uh, our stories. It's really, really helpful, I think. It's also slightly terrifying now because, yes, if people go back and listen to shows, they will find out all kinds of things, including various conflicting opinions that I've expressed on (laughs) consecutive shows, no doubt. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Good. Um, tell us about your talk. Oh, Nordic. Yes, so Nordic game took place. Now it was going to be a um, it's going to be a hybrid event, and then they got nervous and decided to make it a virtual uh, event only for the third time, and hopefully the last time, um, which uh, was kind of interesting. It felt like the it did feel like the last virtual conference kind of i'm certainly not saying the pandemic is over in any way but like we were both at develop um two weeks ago or a week and a half ago and uh it felt now that we're back in the physical conference era i know a lot of people saying they don't want to go back but it does feel like (laughs) there's a weight of opinion that people are glad to be traveling again and glad to be seeing each other in person again so this felt like a kind of Last hurrah for that kind of thing. And indeed, a last hurrah for me standing in my living room giving a talk which I would rather be on stage for. But it was the third in my Confessions series, Simon. Um, Now, did you contribute one to one of those before? I did, yes. You did, didn't you? Um, So what I've been doing, and possibly talked about this on the show before, uh, I hope consistently, is I've been asking people to anonymously submit their games industry confessions, uh, serious or or, or lighthearted. So things that they have done as a member of the games industry that they know they shouldn't have and have sort of been lightly weighing on their conscience for for however long. And uh, and what I've been doing and did on Friday and had done twice before is I look at the... uh, bucket of all of people's confessions and I pick out 10 of them and I read them on stage or as I said in my living room staring at my webcam and uh, yeah I, I read out these little confessions and then talk about talk about the the steps that people can take to remove them from their um, from their conscience I forgive them and solve them and it's been really interesting um, it's been really interesting hearing the things that have weighed on people's uh, minds and it's been uh, quite funny to hear of the tiny little things that people have done to try and exact revenge a lot of these confessions are when I left a job I did this and then I regretted it Um, but also I've been confessing my own sins at the start of every single one now you would have thought after two of those 
all I thought after two of those, it might get difficult. I might be struggling to think of things that I regret or want to apologise for. Absolutely not true. Uh, like loads of things that I was able to say. And another thing. So I confessed four things uh, this time. What have happened since you last confessed? What the no, hell are you up no, to? Over I've got there? a queue. None of okay. them were. None of them were things. In fact, one of them. Uh, one of them actually pertained to my first job in the video games industry. Are you going to share? I shall share, and hopefully, I won't. Regret, hopefully, this won't be uh, <laughs> one of those things that. Uh, we're, well, we're, we're we're doing their work for them, aren't we? Or maybe you're you're pulling a bait and switch or whatever that's called, where you go, oh, this is the worst thing, and this then they'll it. stop. They'll you stop. Need, oh, okay, fine. You don't need to dive any further into Very One Life Left's history. You've found the gold yep. right now. Um, I uh, I lied for the in the interview for my first ever job in the games industry. What? And not like not that kind of soft lie that we tell. When, um, you know, when you go for an interview and they say, so have you ever used, you ever used a, a VLOOKUP tables before? And you go, yeah, actually, I'm quite an expert in them. When in fact, you've used them once before. Or you've watched a YouTube t- tutorial and you've copied that sort of thing. And, you know. um, no, not like a soft pumping up of my skills, but an absolute objective, complete lie in my interview for my first job um, in the industry or adjacent to the industry as a writer at Edge magazine. What was the lie then? So I went to the office, the Edge office, uh, and I was stood there waiting for the person who was going to interview me, uh, Edge's editor at the time, Tony Mott, um, to come and interview me. Uh, I was waiting there, I was just sort of looking around. And then he 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 said hello um, and took me across the road to the Garrick's Head the pub where all the future journalists went, sat me down and conducted the interview. And the interview was really, really simple and interesting. And actually, I thought it was like pretty good interview to give to uh, someone who you want to be a writer and you want to be not just a writer about video games, but a writer about video games and their place in pop culture. He just asked me what my top five uh, favourite movies were and top five favourite books and top five favourite journalists. He just went through all of those things and he wrote them down uh, on a spiral band notepad and just sort of little pregnant pause after everything I said, right? So he said top five favourite books and top five favourite games and then he said top five favourite bands, right? Okay. And when I'd been in the Edge office, I'd clocked their CDs that they had below the CD player and on the top of the CDs... You know, presumably a CD that they played quite recently. There was um, there was a album by a band called Tortoise, who I had heard of and knew were quite cool, but had never actually listened to in my life. And I thought, this is a junction, isn't it? Like he's asked who my top five favorite bands are, and I've been given a clue here in a sort of observational video game, in a Charles Cecil video game, I would have looked at that and that would have been a clue for a dialogue option later on. So indeed, um, I named three of my favourite bands and got to four, the subtlest position to sneak something in, and said, Tortoise, 
Love TNT. <laughs> no, by then you were panicking and just naming animals. <laughs> yeah, five giraffes. <laughs> you want me to name more? Can go all the way through. Dog, cat. Um, so I said that, and then I said it, and as Tony was writing this stuff down, honestly, I was terrified of being called out because I thought all it takes is him to say, "Oh, what's your favourite track?" We've been listening to that recently. Track maybe one. maybe he's seen me looking at that stack of maybe that's just the most transparent lie anyone has ever told in an interview. So I panicked, but nothing was said. Nothing was said. Styled it out, went home, and got the job. Got the job, and um, and two weeks later I started there, and. A couple of days after that, I noticed the tortoise CD still there. And I thought, that is, that's emblematic. That's sort of a thing. And I asked David McCarthy, who's we've already mentioned in the show, a uh, friend at Edge. I asked him, because um, up until that point, I'd heard all the music in the office and it'd all been, um, it'd all been uh, The Clash and The Who and uh, Digital Underground and uh, I hadn't heard any, you know, post-rock. And I asked David who that CD belonged to, and he said, oh, we don't know, just some press guy dumped them there a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. there we go. You owe everything to the band Tortoise. I do, by absolute... <laughs> or nothing at all. Or uh, nothing, yeah. I don't know what I learned from that. Anyway, it felt good to get that off my chest at Nordic. It felt good, again, to say it now. And apologies to... Uh, anyone at Edge, if they're listening, apologies to uh, Tony specifically for lying to him in that heated moment. Is that the worst lie you ever told Tony? Absolutely Mott? not. No, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> see, see you next week when I'm trying to stop people going even further back in the exactly <laughs> in the podcast history. Right, we don't have any letters in the inbox. Uh, Do we not? I haven't checked the Discord. Hold on. Yeah, so um, let me play the letters jingle. And we're back. We'll be back to you on the other side. Email, messages, and forward BCC. One life letters. Well, here we are. The other side of the letters jingle, uh, and I'm looking in the mailbag folder, and I can see letters from the 31st of October. So nothing, absolutely nothing. Everybody's been busy. Lying. Does that mean I have to tell tell the worst lie I've told Tony Watt? Listening to tortoise. Uh, I wonder why that... I would have thought we would have had... I mean, there was quite a strong reaction to last show in the Discord, and it was nice seeing people react to it as they were listening. Mmm. Yeah, lots of oohs and ahs and OMGs, uh, which was great to see. And people who obviously have genuinely missed Anne, as we have as well. Um, she didn't react very well to your suggestion of doing a feature, did she? No. But we should ask her again until she says yes. Yeah, it's difficult to get hold of her now on Twitter, isn't it? Well, there'll be a period in the next few weeks where she's probably very distracted by other things, and that's a good time to ask people questions. 
<laughs> well, we can ask Matt. We can get our Matt with a script of well, things you know, to ask. He's her. probably out with Kieran Gillen, isn't he? Yeah, well, but he, he could ask her while she's, you know, <laughs> when she needs other things to think about. Uh, yeah, she could get a six-parter out of that. <laughs> I would have thought. We could definitely do that, couldn't we? All right. Yeah. Um, well, I'll leave that up to you to pitch, though. But we have, yeah, we've no letters this week. If you have anything you want to say to One Life Left, any questions you want to ask uh, about lies we've told, please email team at onelifeleft.com. Or you can post anything you want on our Discord. You'll find a link to the Discord in the show notes. We're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. It isn't just One Life Left on Resonance. There are all sorts of amazing programs, uh, and you should browse, listen to them. You can also listen to Resonance FM online if you are not in London. You can find out more about that at www.resonancefm.com. We love them. Um, Simon, shall we go Hmm. straight into reviews? Uh, I mean, we're going to have to really eke this one out, aren't we? I've, I've played a couple of games uh, this week. Let's see how we get on. Okay, you do one, uh, and then I will talk about some of the games that I've been playing this week. I... So I'm sort of kicking my heels at the moment, where I... Um, there are... There are two games that I bought and I was excited for uh, but uh, for one reason or another but they, they went very very quickly to eBay um, so uh, thanks again to Weasel Spoon um, for buying oh no he bought the wonderful 101 um, which I just sold because I thought I'm never well I, it just got, got a bit complicated for me and I was, I'm never going to finish it that went Kickstarter edition I think he got a bargain uh, Metroid <laughs> Dread went and I was expecting to play that for a while too hard uh, and then I started um, Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, which I got cheap from Amazon. Um, and yeah, you know, mm, um, it, it just looked like the... Su- yeah, I mean, I've read good things about it. It was a little bit slow starting and I thought, has it got enough to pull me through? No. To eBay with you. Um, so I think I only lost about £4 on that. Um Partly because Steve, and actually I felt a little bit bad about this, I'd um, I put down first class shipping and I sent it second class. 
I know. I sent an apology in advance, actually, to my uh, bio, and it doesn't appear to have left me a negative rating. So um, <laughs> thank goodness for that. Although I did see that whoever bought uh, Dragon Age, uh, whatever number it was, complained about a slight dent in the box. Um, that was six months ago. Uh, <laughs> I discovered that when I was checking my rating for this one. Anyway, um, and so it's the Grand Theft Auto games coming out on Thursday. Um, I think we're allowed to start playing them at two o'clock in the afternoon on Switch. Lot of concern about this at the moment. Uh, there's some rumours flying around about with a list of all the songs that they've apparently had to pull. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I'm into. I don't know. So I haven't pre-ordered it so that I could pre-download. I'm going to wait to see some what the reaction is going to be, and then I'm unsure whether to get it physical or digital. Digital's not out till December. So I've just been trying to uh, go through some stuff um, to uh, get rid of the backlog. And one game I realised I hadn't even opened was the Zombie Army Trilogy uh, on Nintendo Switch from Rebellion. Now, this is a an offshoot of the Sniper Elite games, which regular listeners will know I enjoy very much indeed. Uh, you know, don't judge me. Um, but uh, for some reason or another, uh, they keep me playing um you know i'm 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 not the best at them and i'm not the most patient at them so actually this uh with zombie army trilogy it's same engine same uh same period in time although zombies now um but the action is a bit more gung-ho less of the creeping around and more of just bang zombies uh interspersed with occasional shots from distance <laughs> um uh, so in that sense, uh, you know, it delivers exactly what it says. Um, you know, that engine that they're, that they're doing the Switch games on is really, really good. And, and on the OLED, uh, it's nice. I'm just finding it, uh, this change of pace is a bit too fast, actually. And so um, it's it's quite difficult. Um, I've got to the end of the first campaign. I'm struggling to get past it on normal difficulty. I'm unsure whether to knock it down to easy or knock it down to eBay. Um, but yeah, uh, if you like that sort of thing and you're good at them, I'd imagine this is a solid 7 out of 10. I've been playing a lot of Cupcake. Cupcake? Are you familiar with Cupcake? No, for a moment... I thought you were talking about Cuphead. Mmm, I'm not. I'm talking about Cupcake, a children's game or a toddler's game by Orchard Toys, who seem to own that space uh, as successfully as uh, one, you know, Sony or Microsoft own video games or Nintendo. Um, do, so, they, do they make physical games? Um, I... I think things like uh, Sleeping Sloths and uh-huh. Smelly Wellies is, is is by them. It is, which... and that's what I'm talking okay. about, physical games. So I have oh, not I played any, any video games, but I know you are familiar with Orchard Toys because my daughter played Smelly Wellies with your daughter. Um, ah, there we go. Over summer. And, uh, I, you know, Smelly Wellies is a, is a classic. It's, Absolute. Um, it's great. Classic. But I think Cupcake is the top tier. Like, that's the one that people talk about when they talk about, you know, they're into Orchard Toys. Um... That's that's the chess of Orchard Toys, is it? Yeah. It's probably the one that they, they, they you know, it's probably difficult to follow up Cupcake. I've uh, been playing a couple of others by them as well. Red Dog, Blue Dog, in which you have to uh, pick cards. And some of the cards have 
for example, a red dog on. Some of them have blue dog. There are other animals as, or insects as spider involved. Uh, what colours is spider? Uh, it could be yellow. There's a green one. Uh, there's a red one, I think. Um, there's also teddy bears. I think there's cars. And you've got to pick up the cards and, and put them on, on a grid. Um, it's, it's pretty standard matching fare. Uh, I played another one today. I've forgotten the name, unfortunately, um, which is um, about a shopkeeper version of those. So there's a bakery and there's a greengrocer and there's a clothes store. And you've got to, again, select cards, which are turned upside down, and hopefully you'll get one for your shop. And if you don't, maybe the next person will. These are all very, very trivially designed games. They work. But Cupcake, very, very good design. Um, talk you through it. So there are um, 40 cupcakes of 10 different types in the pack. Big, chunky cardboard cupcakes. Uh, first off, you array 10, the 10 different sites on the table in front of you. 10, 10 different sorts on the table in front of you. And then player one draws a card from the deck and if their card is the same as one on the table which it will be because there's 10 of them on the table they get to take the cupcake that's on the table and add it to their deck then player two goes now they'll probably also get lucky there's a nine in ten chance right that it's nine different cupcakes but eventually you run out of cupcakes on the table and at some point one of the players is going to draw a cupcake that isn't on the table now maybe at that point uh, it's nowhere, in which case they have to put it on the table, or maybe one of the other players has it on top of their pile, in which case they have to go, Simon, would you like my cupcake? And you would reply, Very much. Please. I, I love a cupcake. You'd Steve. love the cupcake, yes. And I would give you the cupcake. And the turn would move on. Now, it's great because it teaches politeness, but it's also quite a nice auto-balancing thing. The fewer cupcakes there are on the table, the harder it is to match one. But then eventually there becomes more cupcakes on the table because you're putting them back on the table. Then you run out of cards. Then you count who's got the most cupcakes in the pile to see who wins. So there's a bit of counting in there as well. It's an educational game, but in the finest possible way. The education arises as a result of a playable, uh, interesting game mechanic. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. What I don't enjoy is having to play it over and over and over and over and over again for the rest of my life with a toddler who doesn't really want to play it. She just wants me to play it for her. Seven out of ten. I was helping my daughter this morning with a jigsaw. Mm -hmm. um, she, uh, she screamed at me from upstairs, shouted at me to come and get, uh, get her and open it. So I then sat with her, uh, was then sort of just trying to nudge her in the right direction of the pieces um, and, uh, she looked at me, uh, she was, uh, sort of kneeling down. We were doing the jigsaw on the floor. She looked up at me, looked me in the eyes and she just shouted, stop annoying me. <laughs> Seven out of 10. Very good. What's the other game? So you've been I, playing? So honestly, I was just, I said, I'm just trying to help you, darling. <laughs> stop annoying me. <laughs> I looked at my watch and it was about uh, 10 hours be uh, between then and her having to go to bed. So, you know, happy days. The other game I've been playing um, this week uh, with my wife, um, who, you know, this week didn't look me in the eye and say, stop annoying me. Mm -hmm. um, although, actually, we have a few hours left of the weekend. So who knows? Um, uh, 
we uh, so on Saturday, no Thursday nights, uh, we'd put Ramona to bed. Um, we're like, okay, so what should we do this evening? Now we sometimes play the online version of Dominion, uh, which we enjoy. Um, but Kate said to me, she said, oh, so do you want to play a video game? Now, what she was saying was, do you want to go and play a video game that you're playing at the moment? Now, I do, because I've got Guardians of the Galaxy and I've not properly started it yet. I've done about 20 minutes. It seems really lovely so far. Uh, and everybody's raving about it at the moment, but I've not put enough time into it at the moment. But I uh, I thought she was asking us, she was like, well, do you want to play a video game with me? And so I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and so we went and started A Way Out Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the game um, from the It Takes Two studio. It's their previous release. Uh, very different thematically. The first one's about divorce. Um, this, but uh, Sorry, um, It Takes Two is about a couple getting divorced, whereas this one is about two men breaking out of a prison. Um, it's uh, We've made, maybe played an hour and a bit, and it's like the opening of Fahrenheit, uh, but for that long, where two of you are playing in split screen, it's good. You know, it uh, has moments of tension, etc., etc., etc. Hopefully, we will see it through. But it's, it is nice to play these co-op games that you have to play with two players um, together. So, yeah, different uh, change of pace, obviously. But if you've got Game Pass, uh, you can download it for free, or it's in EA Play. And uh, yeah, looks like it's going to tick the same bo- boxes. Uh, obviously, slightly grittier. Although, can you get more gritty than divorce? I don't know. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Great. Um, I have remembered another piece of news, which is important. Um, on on Wednesday night, on Wednesday night, uh, Marioki makes its comeback uh, at Loading. It's a secret show at the new Loading, uh, Loading Peckham, uh, which I went to on Friday night uh, for the opening night, and is a brilliant venue and a brilliant venue for Marioki as well. So what we're going to do is uh, this Wednesday, and that's the same night the podcast goes out. So maybe if you're listening to this in the morning uh, or in the afternoon, you can ditch your plans and come along to uh, Loading Peckham. Uh, we're going to do a low-key gig there to check all the tech works, and then we will be doing a proper November Marioki later in the month, but I'm super, super excited uh, to be back at Loading. It's going to be uh, brilliant to see everyone again and to finally, finally sing with people standing up um, for the first time in <laughs> 18 months. Wow. Nice one. Uh, what's the capacity? Well, it's funny. I asked uh, Alice, who, who runs the venue, that uh, the other day, and she she just sort of looked around and shrugged and said, let's see, which I'm not sure that's how capacity works, but there are big, big uh, yeah, open I... doors, so it'll be fine. Good. All right. Well, I hope that goes well. I won't. I'm coming back from Bristol on Wednesday, so I won't see Ooh, you there. Fancy. Ooh. We will be doing a gig in Bristol in the new year as well as we organised at Brighton, um, having found out that one of uh, one of our friends is buying a, a flat o- overlooking the cricket ground, uh, and that seemed like a very very good reason to go and do Marioki there. Um, so, anyone who wants to sing Marioki with us in Bristol, uh, we'll let you know when that happens. It's all coming together, Steve. Finally, it's been mm. it's been a while, but I never lost faith. <laughs> Good. Right. I think that's probably it for this week. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, Simon. Once again, thank you to all of our listeners. A special thanks to Resonance FM for continuing to host us. And we will see you all in one week's time. But until then... 
Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>